We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Guys, welcome in to your Thursday, February 23rd episode of the OBR Film Breakdown. I am your host, Jake Burns, and we are going to be talking about uh, free agency as we are going to get back in the swing of things. A couple uh, OBR Twitch show replays over the past few days, including Ask the OBR yesterday, where we went into a ton of different scenarios, uh, both draft and free agency and trade scenarios as well, talking about everything under the sun. As far as you get there and you ask questions, we try to answer those for you. So that's what's been up on the podcast channel of late today, we're going to dive back into our free agency primer Uh, with that. uh, Obviously uh, we, if you haven't been paying attention, we've covered everything offensively except the offensive line. I don't think I can bore you with an offensive line episode. Uh, (laughs) I did that with tight end. I don't expect the Browns to do much in free agency and the offensive line. I really think they like their guys. I do think they draft an interior guy outside shot. They draft a tackle, but really high probability they draft an interior guy they can mold. And um, with that, when we get closer to the draft and we have all the combine data and the pro day data, we will certainly lay out some players. If you are hellbent on understanding who those players are right this second, uh, every single day I do a mock draft and I've been drafting interior offensive linemen centers, obviously because of the uh, situation with Nick Harris coming back from a serious ACL tear. And then obviously a long-term play looking at a developmental guard behind Joel and Wyatt Teller and who knows what they end up doing with Wyatt Teller down the line. I think it's prudent that they start to find somebody they feel like they can play there. So I am drafting those guys. And if you're interested every single morning, you get a mock draft usually contains one day three interior offensive lineman. So check that out. If you are so compelled to understand that and don't want to, and don't want to skip out on understanding the offensive line targets that make sense until we get into it a little bit later toward the draft. But for today, we're going to welcome in John Colosimo. Lucky to have some time with John. Always love chatting with him. You know, John uh, on the show all year long continues to be around as often as uh, his time. Uh, now three children deep into his family will allow him to be around. I, I uh, took advantage of some sick sabbatical that you're having right now, right, John? You guys are trying to recover from or you are trying to recover from. 
a, a real nasty bout of illness, man. We're happy to have you though. What's up, buddy? I'm doing good, man. You know, I had uh, COVID again, um, but this time the whole family didn't get it. So that's good. Uh, we had quarantine space this time. So we're doing that. So I've been kind of stuck in my half finished brewery slash man cave for the last week. So, um, Hasn't been all bad, but <laughs> I picture you like up in your ivory tower away from the family. Uh, I am like completely separated. It's so weird. It's... I'll tell you like a funny story on it. Like, um, so I got like the big TV set up in here and it's, you know, like Saturday night or something. And I like played a movie and I, I put it on as loud as I felt like it, um, which is way louder than I would ever do in my living room. And like, I was like inner uh, on, my inner self was like, it's too loud. You need to turn it down. Like you're going to wake somebody up. And I'm like totally separated by another garage. Um, but it's just like one of those things that I've been like conditioned with kids. Like oh, I yeah. can't turn anything up. It, so it makes those, those movies, you know, those movies that are um, not sound balanced at all. Like, you know, the, the talking parts are way too low. If you know, the, um, if the action tenant then basically it's like the gold <laughs> standard. Yeah. 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 Um, so like I, I had it blasting and I just, I kept getting paranoid that I was going to wake somebody up, even though that's virtually impossible. So yeah, that's, that's like the habit of swaying in public. Do you ever find yourself as a parent, you know, not holding the kid and you just kind of like swaying back and forth like you do when you're holding the kid. And no, you're like, stop. I'll be in like the grocery store. I'll be like, what are you doing, man? Like, stop. Just waiting on coffee or something like that. It's pretty bad. But yeah, dude, I, I find it funny that you say that uh, in, in the midst of sometimes I, I watch my youngest alone and my, my oldest, uh, my wife's at work. She leaves to go to work. I'm fortunate enough to do everything from home and I'll be like, man, I kind of wish I could just get a little bit sick. Not really sick, but just a little bit sick. Where it's like, ah, kind of lock myself away. So I keep a couple extra COVID positive tests around and be like, babe, you won't, you won't believe this. Oh my God. That's God, funny God. because my wife like, accused me of buying a COVID positive test online. It's like you walk out in the living room, like, honey, what am I to do? I guess I'll just lock the door again. God dang. This is terrible. Son of That's a... funny. I'm so, I'm proud of your wife for accusing you of that. Cause I would do that to Kelby in a heartbeat. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, on a fun, on a, on a different non-football tangent, we always do. If you don't pay attention or this is your first time listening or whatever, John and I always talk about shows we're watching or movies we've been watching. Um, now this is <laughs> our, our uh, quality of this section of the pod started to, to, to really at the end of the football season as I was in the trenches of baby two and you guys were on the cusp of baby three, the quality started to go down. So I don't know if this will be even much, much quality. I mean, I, I know that you're watching the last of us the same way I am and, and enjoying it. I would imagine most of you are enjoying it. I think I've been a little bit vocal about, I just wish there's certain shows that I wish I could binge. This is one of them largely because the game has been so popular for so many people that you just, you just can't avoid spoilers in this. You can't where people have have just know you'll read somebody's review, which isn't really a spoiler, but it kind of is. And they'll talk about how they recreated the game scene. And I'm like, I understand why HBO didn't make this a bingeable show because they're trying to draw in as many people as possible for the, for the set budget and, and avoid those people who do the one month and cancel 
subs and all that. I, I get it, but it still, still kind of grinds my gears. I have to wait a week every time. But I didn't play the game. I'm interested now in going back and playing the game. But I think they're doing a really good job of this show. Um, I don't know what you think, but um, it just it's 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 not something we haven't seen. Like I told you before we started here, I mean the zombie genre has been around for a good while now. And uh, well, this isn't really they're not zombies per se because they didn't they didn't they don't die right. They don't die right. technically. They're uh, fungal infected brains, I guess is the way to put it. But anyway, I was watching World War Z last night because I hadn't seen that forever, and I was just thinking I saw this funny meme john where it had brad pitt it had will smith from i am legend which i'm pretty pumped about the second one they're doing of that um and then it had pedro uh pascal and they're all wearing that same like gray outdoor button down uh (laughs) shirt and it was like you got to get that post-apocalyptic drip he said someone said something like if I get in, if the if the zombie apocalypse happens, I know I'm finding some guy who's dressing like this because they have all the answers. I thought that was pretty funny, but I'm enjoying the show. Do you like it so far? Yeah, I, de- I definitely like it. Uh, I watched the first one, and uh, that was you know it, it's laying the groundwork and that kind of stuff. So my wife watched that, um, and then I was excited to watch the second one. And then on accident, because we use HBO Max for other stuff, like my, my kids watch Scooby-Doo and stuff like that. Um, and there's like a billion Scooby-Doo's. I don't know if you know that. There's like a thousand different Scooby-Doo things. Anyway. Um, also didn't know how many Power Ranger things are out there. I don't know if you guys are getting into Power Rangers around the house, but there's an unbelievable volume of Power Rangers <laughs> that have been made. Since you remember the original Power Rangers when you were a kid, sure the way I do. Yeah. Yes, they have made an ungodly amount of power. Rangers. But yeah, I would imagine those two are in the same ballpark for volume. In the midst of that, oh, also she watches like Friends or whatever, like she, like incessantly. Yeah. Um, but um, so in the midst of somewhere in there, she accidentally got to see like a preview of like the second episode or upcoming or whatever it was. And it showed like some scary stuff. My wife does not do scary. And so that nixed the whole series for me. So this is a product of the last week being in quarantine is I got to catch up on Last of Us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really digging it. And I was really upset when I got to the end and didn't have another one to stream. Um, also, I was thinking I was in here Saturday night finishing the one before this week's. And I was wondering if it was going to drop at midnight or something because uh, I was finishing that one right around midnight, but it doesn't. I don't know what time it does drop, but it was not there for me at, at midnight on Sunday. So um, it was That's that. a good question. I don't know what time they do. I'd be interested to I'm find sure out. Like, what time? Like, I would thought that if it's Sunday, it's Sunday. You just drop it as soon as, you know. I, well, th- and of course I we, think that like um, I, I know that Disney did something like the 3 a.m east coast because that makes it the same uh, right. day everywhere. yeah yeah but i don't yeah. know i don't know if they, yeah, they, they do it that way so i was watching that and i think uh our boy is once again just um uh, kicking butt and like that dude's got range um and uh and, like it seems like the uh um, sky's the ceiling for him. I mean, he he can just do what he wants. It seems like right now. Um, I had this discussion the other day with somebody on Twitter. Um, it's escaping me who it was, but 
I don't know if you remember Narcos, like 17, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, he yep. was in that with Boyd, Boyd Holbrook. Um, yep. And I thought, like, I loved that show, and I thought Boyd Holbrook was going to be a star. Like, he had just done that, and then he did Logan, where he was uh, – um, cannot remember the character's name in Logan, but he's hunting Logan down essentially. And he was so good. And I was like, man, you can see Boyd Holbrook becoming a star. Like you could just kind of see it. I thought I bought a bunch of stock, but it was Pedro who, who ended up taking off. Not here. You're right, man. He is, he yeah. is really good. Ironically though, I just watched vengeance. Did you see that one? The uh, podcast BJ Novak's movie. The It's like a, it's a podcast kind of it's a it's a movie obviously but it's this guy who's developing a podcast and he tries to go down to texas because there's this death that happens down there and the brother who is boyd holbrook thinks that there's a like his sister's actually been murdered and it's actually really good i enjoyed it a lot and some of the takes on where society is and stuff like that so if you get time anybody out there if you enjoy vengeance let me know if you if you're looking for a recommendation i found it to be a decent little movie not great it's like Ashton Kutcher's in it and some others. Really weird John Mayer cameo for the first five minutes. Wife's a huge John Mayer fan. Uh, that <laughs> one caught me off guard, completely out of left field. But uh, yeah, that one's an interesting one um, there. Because yeah, but Pedro, man, Pedro's everywhere. He's just like he's blowing up, and you're right, right. about the range. From- his, some of his emotional scenes there are so good. You're right. I mean, just this past year, you know, for uh, Nick Cage. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and this, I mean, it's just, uh, it's good stuff. So uh, I'm very happy for him and happy to watch him. The other thing I've Yeah, plus watching, Mandalorian. Mandalorian coming back out. Like yeah. eight, he's eight, killing like, all days. over the place. Yeah, he's totally different roles in every in every uh, show. Um, and he's, he's killing it in all of them. So um, the other thing I've been watching or that I, I watched the... Um, I got my family to watch the first two episodes and it was horridly slow. Um, I heard all these kinds of good things about it. Severance. Um, so I, I, we barely made it through the, the two episodes and they quit. They were like, Nope, I'm not doing it. And uh, my buddies assured me that, you know, if I just stuck with it, it would, uh, it would grab. And so again, quarantine, uh, I was able to go ahead and try that out for like, you know, episode three, four, five, or, and now I'm on six and it is starting to heat up and I'm interested in, in where that goes. So somebody has turned me on to severance. I've, I've been meaning to try that. I love Adam Scott, obviously, and want to give that a whirl. We tried uh, shrinking, which is an Apple TV show with Harrison Ford oh, right. and Jason yeah. Siegel. And, and mm-hmm. it was, it's really good. That's a, that's a really good one. Surprisingly, okay. um, okay. really good. Okay. Like that one. Um, there was another one I was going to talk about. I'm obviously heartbroken that Fincher confirmed that Mindhunter is never coming back. Yeah. My heart. Man, that, that really crushed me. Um, I don't understand honestly. why that's so expensive to make. Like the no comment clue. on this, seems so yeah. low budget. Yeah. I, I, I was baffled by that comment on Twitter. Me too, man. I didn't, I, I don't, this like, I guess the sets making them, time period based could get pricey but i'm trying to figure out it's all dialogue they're all in like grungy fbi basements like i don't really i don't really understand why that one was so bad like the uh the thing that caught me off guard the last of us tess who's in you know obviously just the first what she in the first two episodes uh, is the uh 
female FBI uh, psychologist. Oh, I, yeah. I was like trying to place her. And I'm like, oh God, she's in Mindhunter. That's right. Completely different look, obviously, you know, apocalyptic movie versus that. But uh, yeah, there's a connection in, in kind of wrapping this up. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a better TV month in March coming. Have you paid attention to what's coming out in March? Uh, a bit, but run me down a list. Yeah, it's so the first you get um, Mandalorian, and then in the 15th, you get uh, Ted Lasso, which is, you know, I don't know if you're a Ted Lasso guy, but I, yeah. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. So that's on the 15th, that starts, and then on like the 22nd or 23rd, Succession comes back, which is going to be phenomenal again. And then like the, the, and it's not March, but it's a couple of days into April. So it's like right on the cusp is Dave. I don't know if you're into, to the, to the TV show, uh, Dave, which is, uh, what is which that? Is just phenomenal. So Dave is a, it's like, I don't know if it's, it's a creation from little Dicky. I don't know if you like little Dicky. I'm not even like a big little Dicky fan, um, from his music and stuff, but he does these it's on FX. It's like, it's like sort of his life, but it's not his life kind of centers on him, but it's, it's just like angles of his life and how he struggles with certain things. And, it's kind of like his come up and stuff. I would really recommend it. The first season was great. The second season started out a little dicey, but man, it closed with some more of the like really emotional stuff at the end of the second season of, uh, of Dave. Like I would really suggest it was an FX show and I think it's okay. still going to be on FX and Hulu, but it's really good. I mean, if you like little Dickie's just hilarious in general and then they reel his friends into it and it's like his come up as a rapper and he's struggling to make an album and, uh, how he gets like found at first. It's, I don't know how much of it is true. I've never really gone deep dive into this stuff, the script writing and whatnot, but like, I don't know how much is true or false or if this is all just a creation, but he's obviously a very, he's a very talented dude. And then some of his friends are in it and I don't know. It's, it's, I can't really describe it any other way. And it's just, it's just somehow really good. I don't really know. It's got these emotional pulls to it. There's some funny, so funny, some really funny parts. So uh, Dave is Dave is well worth it if you if you get time and you're kind of like bugged out on the show you don't have anything else catching up on that the first two seasons are they're pretty funny so well worth it uh, the third season like I said I think it starts um, April 4th I believe that's typically when they've put out those so there's some guys that you'll know in it um, but a lot of guest spots are really good too so that's my suggestion for anybody out there Dave and uh uh, what was the other one I just said? Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel. Yeah, um, Shrinkage? Yeah, that's shrinking. Uh, that was the other good, other good one. So jump into those guys. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll uh, we'll come back. We'll come back and talk about football. I guess that's what this podcast is about. Talk about football. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before we jump into football, I have to ask one quick other question about movies. Are you, do you see Ant-Man? Are you going to see it? I have no desire to see it. I don't know why. I'll probably watch it eventually, but I just was curious if you saw it. Wait, didn't you watch Loki? Uh, I did watch Loki. Yeah, I did. I liked it, but I just never, I just have not gotten into the idea of going to the theater. Did you see it? Uh, you know what? I would, no, but you know, I was kicking myself because yesterday I was in Kentucky uh, for uh, a job that I got starting up in April. And so, um, I haven't traveled in forever. Like I put out like a hard freeze on it. Um, when Val was about a month out from, uh, from the baby. So now it's been like three months as I traveled after doing it every two weeks, at least for two or three nights, um, at a, at a time. Uh, so this is the, my first time going out of town and staying overnight. And I was kicking myself cause I wrapped up everything and it was like five o'clock and, um, I could have gone to the movies. Uh, other, I was so tired. I just went to bed, but on the, on the flip side, like when I thought about it the next day, I'm like, okay, that would have been a little sketchy because you, you know, I would not have like worn a mask and, uh, I might've just like that, that would have been a little too sketchy to do. So, um, I'm glad I didn't, but <clears throat> I wanted to go and I'm like, I was kicking myself for a second. I'm like, Oh, remember you used to go to movies. Like, uh, you know, when, uh, when you went out of town, it's like the perfect couple bucks, you know, it's pretty cheap versus like, uh, going out and drinking or something like that. Anyway. <clears throat> so yes, I'm definitely going to see it because, um, because of Kang. So, I mean, like if you watch Loki, then it's, it's a, it's an awesome series, I think. So if you haven't seen it, I, did, I thought so too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, they, thought, I thought Loki was their strongest of the TV series personally. For sure. For sure. And so they set this whole thing up of Kang coming in. So like, you know, I think this whole um, phase of Marvel movies is the multiverse and Kang is the Thanos of this one. So I definitely am going to see it. I wouldn't say I'm like all like crazy excited to see it. Um, you know, because I was super excited to see the last Doctor Strange and I got, you know, I got punched in the in the groin area for um, <laughs> when I went to go see that. One of the, uh, what, the zombies. Only, only, the, only the seconds. Yes, exactly. That's funny. Like, that's a callback. That's exactly when I left the movie theater <laughs> when Zombie Strange showed up. So. Anyway, so I'm a little bit uh, gun shy on it, but I'm definitely going to watch it. Probably just when yeah, it comes I, out. I need to get out too. Yeah, Kel- Kelby's told me to go see it several times when I've thought about going out and watching a movie by oh, myself. Oh yeah, she likes that too. 
Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even, I just haven't thought of like, uh, when a time I've just, I've like, well, maybe I'll go tonight, but then I just haven't had the energy to go. Maybe I'll do it soon. I, I do think I want to see it in theater as opposed to watching it. I can't, I couldn't tell you the last Marvel movie I haven't seen in theater. That would be a long time. I don't even know if there's been one to be honest. So I need to go. I even saw, what did else, what did I see that was, I, you know, strange. I, I got through strange, but boy, it was, it was not fun. It stretches of it. Um, did you go to Eternals? Eternals. Ugh, that was... That's the one I left early. I just was out. I was like, I have no clue why that movie was made. <laughs> I still don't even know like what movie. happens in that movie. I went and I, I slept um, for at least half of that. So I still don't so really know. Bad. I have no words for that movie. I don't know. I have no clue why they thought it was worth green lighting. Like no, no idea. Anyway, that that's, uh, yeah, that's our, that's our bit. That's our, that's our whole TV movie bit. But, um, yeah, anyway, Ant-Man try to get to it. And then we can talk about that at some point. It's got some yep. mixed reviews. That's for sure. But I figured it would, cause it's like, it's out there, right? It's going to be different quantum mania stuff. So it's going to have some parts that are maybe hard to follow along with or, just sort of crazy because that's the entire point. But anyway, speaking of crazy, the Browns' defensive line plan last year. You like that segue? <laughs> defensive line decision last year, yeah, uh, was was uh, was really really bad. Um, you know, the edge stuff. I understood the way they went into it with Clowney running it back. I wasn't really bothered by the edge decision, but the interior decision certainly is a problem. Uh, but we find ourselves this year with the meltdown of Clowney certainly putting ourselves in a spot where we're, you, they probably want to get an edge in free agency and, and maybe multiple interior guys. But that sort of uh, begets the question, John, of does this group I, – I think you can find a, a nice mesh of talent, 42, 98, 111, 126 in interior guys. But would you prefer that they draft – I've answered this question a little bit for the listeners, but I'm curious your perspective – would you like them to go younger there or would you like them to sign some guys? And like, what type of guys are you interested in pursuing if they do go out and sign guys? So I definitely have um, strong opinions on this. Um, what I would like them to do is do both. Um, this draft to me um, leans heavily toward drafting D line, uh, both DT and DE in the kind of ranges that the Browns are going to, um, going to be drafting. That's, that's my mm -hmm. opinion. And obviously that chain we're pre combined. We know how things get resorted and that kind of thing. So, but by the time the dust settles, maybe um, the, these guys will move up out of range and that kind of stuff. But right now, every time I do a mock draft, um, I end up with um, a fat load of, you know, like four defensive linemen um, every time I do it. So um, I would like to see both. Um, now I don't, I'm not like a Deron Payne guy. Um, did he get franchised last night? He did not, but Pro Football Talk, which, you know, take that for what it's worth, they had said that he's about a 99.9% .9 candidate to be tagged. Like, it's, it felt like there was some insider information on that that uh, I thought yesterday that indicated was the it. No? No, I think they have until the 15th. I think ah. that's – that's uh, there's some guys who have a deadline for roster bonuses and stuff like that, but uh, um, okay. I they, they think he's, which again, if, if Washington is, you know, if they're, if they don't have a huge quarterback contract and they're leaning into defense to win games, like why would you not tag him? You know? So 
that one doesn't surprise me. Not that it's decided they could still not, but I would just be stunned if they let him hit the open market, especially in a year here or two when they can get away with that potentially with, you know, cheap quarterback deals. Um, so I'm not a Duran, Duran Payne guy anyway. Um, I think that, um, I think somebody's going to overpay him, um, by a lot. Um, but I could be wrong on that. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I'm not interested in breaking the bank for anybody. Um, I would like to see, you know, uh, what, a year, two years ago? I can't remember what he got signed to. Uh, I was a big, I, I pushed hard. I wanted Sheldon Rankins when he mm-hmm. was on the Saints and went to free agency. Um, and I'm a fan again, this go around. Um, he's, you know, a wild card in terms of injury history and, and that kind of stuff. But like a price is right with him um, where it could be a low bet and you could uh, you can cash in big with a guy like that. Um, and uh, I may butcher the name, but Ionitis, is that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Nailed it. Uh, so those would be the two guys. Those would be my two like, you know, dream shots for um, for the budget and for, you know, starting for the line is Rankins and Ioannidis. Um, and then I would also follow up with two defensive tackles in the draft. I, I really would. Um, uh, the way that the draft seems to be shaking out for me, and we don't need to get into the specific prospects because I know that, you know, come combine, we'll, we can dial in a little bit more for that. But to me, there seems mm-hmm. to be uh, a lot of opportunities Um I, I will say one, okay, um, uh, the Wisconsin kid, Benton. Is that yeah, Keanu, yep, yep. Yeah. I'm That's big, a very Larry Joby feel about him uh, big, when you big watch fan. tape. Um, I think um, I think he'd be very, very nice. Uh, so that's the only one I'll mention now. We can get into prospects another time. But, yes, I would grab, um, if it was my team and I, I got to make the decisions, I'd go get those two vets and I would draft two more. Yeah, so when I look at this, um, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, uh, I, I get a little nervous about the drafting stuff where it's it's pretty clearly a blind spot for them. They have just not drafted well with these guys they've they've taken at the interior position. It's too early on Alex Wright. It's too early on Winfrey, but the early returns on Winfrey, you can see the struggle. But like Togi and Elliot, you're like, man, they, they have a type here, and it is certainly not uh, – it's certainly not as, as consistent as you would like it to be, uh, even hitting one or two. Like, you can see that they're struggling to draft that position now. To me, it screams signing some guys because, again, even if you draft guys, and I've been vocal again outside the top 20 picks, it's hard to expect a young defensive tackle to come in and have an impact the way they need if they don't sign guys to have the right kind of impact. So, um, you know, kind of as we go through – free agency, the biggest names out there, and we're talking edge too, so we can include these guys here. Javon Hargrave, um, who's who's older now, uh, he's 30 on the dot, but defensive tackles are living into their 30s and doing okay with it. Um, a little surprised at Hargrave's contract projection, given age and given uh, inconsistencies in defending the run. Now, he is an elite interior rusher. His, he has a 92.2 pass rush grade. He had 10 sacks last year, six, 12 sacks this year. He's only trailing Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. So that does garner, you know, the respect it deserves. 
They're saying three years, 18.33 per year. So three with 36 guaranteed 55 total. Everybody draws a line of connection between Hargrave and Schwartz. And I totally get it, but that's steep, man. For a 30 year old guy, like I just like, if the Browns go into free, you know, free agency with 35 million to play with or whatever, it's really hard to just commit 18 million to a 30 year old. Yeah. Defensive tackle. Yeah. So Dayron Payne's projected a little more. He's their ninth ranked overall player. Well, Hargrave was third. So Payne is at four years, 20 million per. So four years, 55 or 80 million. Um, uh, he had a 95 pressures since the start of 21, which is 10th most among interior defenders, 11.8 pass rush win rate. Um, I think he had double digit sacks. He's 25 going to turn 26 in a couple months. So he's still very young, nice second contract age. I think if they swung big now, again, I don't think he gets out of Washington. That would be probably the swing big guy or market it. But I, I don't think that's uh I just don't think they're going to swing that big. I just feel like some, some names you mentioned, Ionitis types, those are it. Like Dalvin Tomlinson's another guy just read Minnesota is going to make a decision on him. So Tomlinson is uh, about to turn 29. He's a three-year, $11.75 million per uh, guesstimation there. So three years, 23.25 guaranteed, 35 total. Uh, three technique guy. He hasn't missed more than five tackles in a season. He's a run defense primary, right? Um, 83 run grade since 2017, top 16 at the position. Um, so that's his calling card. Draymond Jones is 22 on the PFF rank. He just turned 26. Better pass rusher than run defender. Four years, 14.5 million is his average projection. So that's four years, 58 million total, 37.5 guaranteed. Another steep number. Um, 138 quarterback pressure since 2019. 19th most amongst interior defenders. 14 and a half pass rush win rate. Um, So those are the big names. Zach Allen is 24th. Not a big name that people would even know about, but it's really on the come up. He's 25 and a half. Three years, 12 and a half is his projection. So something like three years, 37.5. So they think J.J. Watt largely contributed to what he did and how he came along. 35 quarterback pressures last year, 8.3 pressure rate. More of like a 4-I, though. It's hard to see that being a great fit because I don't know that – I guess he could be a 3-tech, John, but a little dicey there. Uh, The 31st-ranked player, as we'll talk more edge guys in a minute, is Jadevin Clowney. I'm kind of stunned that he's the 31st-ranked guy on their board. Agreed. Yeah, kind of strange. Um Okay, uh, continuing down the list of edge players here, or sorry, defensive interior, David Onyemata is an interesting one. New Orleans, again, this is the type of range I think we're talking, John. Two years, 7.5 average a year. So two years, 15 million, 10 million guaranteed. So last year he had 35 quarterback pressures over the past three seasons, 11.4 pressure, uh, pressure percentage, 11th among, amongst interior defenders. He too, just like Javon Hargrave, just turned 30. Um, plenty of good football left in him. So that's that's the start of interesting interior guys to me. That that seven and a half number is really spot on. Here's your guy, Sheldon Rankins, ranked sixty fourth, two years, six million a year average. So you're talking two years, twelve million, eight million guaranteed. That to me is really what you want, man. He had a seventy three point one overall grade, second best of his career last year, thirty three tackles, a new high. 
um, really nothing special, special, but just really solid, like a, a real basement lifting player. Say that again. How old? He's 28.8. So he'll turn 29 in the next couple months. Gotcha. So yeah. still, I mean, good football to be played there. Uh, other guys along the interior in the top 100, ranked 85, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, three years, 10 million per year, three years, 30 million. I kind of prefer that Larry just goes like we've talked about. I think I talked about this with somebody else, maybe Andrew Spade, about Larry goes to Baltimore to complete the AFC North trip around the the division just to be in every team <laughs> at one point. But Larry's still talented, but I think you can draft a player like Larry. I really do. He has 70 quarterback pressures over the last two years, which is nice. He's a big first step guy, was here in Cleveland. Um, you know, I don't know that I'd be crazy about paying him $10 million per year. He's almost 29. I think that's a too bit much. steep. It's too much. I, I, yeah, I agree. Ionitis is ranked 88th for them. Um, two years, six and a half mil average a year, 7.5 guaranteed, so 13 million totals. Two years, 13 million. Uh, he paired well last year with Derek Brown. He missed some time in. Here and there, recent seasons with injuries, but when he's been on the field, he's a strong pass rusher. He uh, six seasons with a pressure rate around ten percent in each of the last two. It's a that'd be a great fit. It'd be a really great fit. Morgan Fox is a charger that's going to hit the market. He's ranked ninetieth, two years, four and a half mil average, nine million total. Career highs across the board as an interior pass rusher, seventy point six last year, forty quarterback pressures. That's really phenomenal for an interior player. I think forty was the total. Cleveland Browns interior pressure number hmm. 11.2 pressure rate. Um, uh, he also, uh, f- he failed to, uh, first time he's eclipsed 600 snaps, which is a sign that he can handle a little bit more. Right. Um, late down rotational guy, but still good. A Sean Robinson really interests me too. He's, he's just going to turn 28 humongous human being one year, two and a half million projection. Um, he had signed a two year, $17 million deal with the Rams in 20, had it reworked into a three-year deal, um, 73 point. Like this, to me, pairing up Sean Robinson with another guy would be a home run. So he's 73.6 run defense grade over the last two seasons, tied for 12th among interior defenders, 46 defensive stops, ranking inside the top 20, even though he missed the second half of 2022. Like that price number, dude, like very in at that that number. I mean, beyond in at that number. Puna Ford is number, number 94. Has had some really good seasons out in Seattle. Yeah. Two years, twelve and a half million total, six point two five average a year, seven point five guaranteed. Little undersized, but he st- he plays bigger than the size, in my opinion. Pass yeah, rush skill previous, has improved. Previous day, that again. draft crush, draft yeah, crush yep, yep. way back. Yeah, twenty two quarterback pressures. Uh, low, low, low miss tackle rate. Um, I, I just think there's something there. I'd be very interested in him. As far as guys who are in the category of potential interior players cut, Buffalo up against the cap. So, like, there's some buzz. Ed Oliver could be cut or traded. Don't think that happens. Still think he ends up there. But Tim Settle out in Buffalo is 25, was a guy we were interested in last year. Um, potentially could be let go. Uh, he played 36% of the snaps, 19 tackles, one sack, one forced fumble. His 23 cap figure is 4.9. So they can move on from him. Michael Brockers in Detroit, who's going to be 32, has a big cap number at a 13.9. So the Lions would save some money. So Brockers could hit free agency. Roy Robertson, Harrison, Jacksonville, a 10.1 number. 
um, consistently good in six seasons, just a really solid player, but not sure they want to pay that much. And then Fletcher Cox at 10 million could, it's hard for me to see Fletcher Cox really getting out of like not retiring an Eagle, finding some way to retire with that organization, but guess he's a name that could get let go. Quentin Jefferson in Seattle. This is Brad Ward doing a great write-up for us over at the OBR. 6.4 is his number. Could be cut. And then that's it for interior guys. So that's pretty much every interior guy that matters. I would say some guys who aren't on the list who could be of interest, John. Greg Gaines uh, out uh, with the Rams is only going to be 26 in terms of like an interior run stuffer. Uh, He draws some interest for me. I mean, God forbid, I don't know if Andrew Billings hates Cleveland, but he really defended the run well in Las Vegas last year. I've always been a Mo Hurst fan. It's going to get away from San Francisco. Um, Kalen Saunders is a draft crush from years ago. Yeah. Set to be a free agent at 26 and a half. And we'll see if some of these guys could obviously return to their original teams for something. But uh, Jonathan Hankins going to be 31, but the former Buckeye just continues to find ways to impact the run game. Um, and Dominican Sue and Linville Joseph, who both signed late with Philly, one of which is 34. Joseph Sue is 36. Tough to see them signing though, either of those guys, but they'll be on the market. Jerry Tillery, who I think the Browns put in a claim for, but didn't get uh, Tillery. Um, was uh, claimed by the Raiders. He's set to hit the market, I think, according to uh, Spot Rack here or Spotrack, whatever. Uh, Taven Bryan, are you interested in having Taven Bryan back in a in a rotational role in any capacity? Yeah, I mean, like he uh, he is solid as a pass rusher on mm-hmm. uh, you know on passing downs. You know, first and third, something like that. Like uh, I think he's worth having around if you have the kind of rock solid person next to him uh and bookending him you know yeah um, keep him around 400 snaps i don't want him up crazy number again right yes but i'd be uh, interested in bringing him back yeah okay edge defenders who are set to hit the market frank clark or sorry these are guys who could be cut frank clark in kansas city's 29 his cap hit is 30 million this year um i'm mm. not sure how much dead cap or restructure looks like there's i guess there's potential he could be let go Jerry Hughes, man, uh, very interesting. Jerry Hughes is going to be 34, <laughs> but if Houston wants to open up, I don't know why Houston want to be opening up much money, but if they did want to, uh, Hughes was set to make 6.2 against the cap in 23. He had nine sacks, 33 tackles, two forced fumbles and interception last year, a two year deal. That's like six per year. He's such a great signing, man. That guy's, that guy's tough. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Dennis Gardeck, uh, name, not many people know from Arizona, potential cut candidate there. AJ Epinesa in Buffalo is still young. I have a hard time seeing Epinesa be cut that early. You'd only save him 1.4. So um, Romeo Aquara in Detroit, 14.5 against the cap this upcoming year. Only played in nine games since 2001. So you could see Bud Dupree, that contract out in Tennessee. Whew. I know they're up against it in cap, $20 million cap hit this year. Only 1.25 million of that 23 contract is guaranteed right now. So that's a guy who could hit the market. Mario Addison, Houston uh, name again, an older player, say 4.4 Chandler Jones in Vegas at 19.3, obviously a big name, but he had a weak season. He would save him nearly 10 million if they moved on from him. Leonard Williams, the uh, really a three, four 
four eye type in the Giants uh, scheme. Twenty eight. He is a huge cap number of thirty two million this upcoming year. Um, yeah, they could they can move on from him. And then Carl Lawson from the Bengals. All those years ago, we forget about. They swapped out Trey Hendrickson, and everybody mocked the Bengals. And Carl Lawson goes to the Jets, and it's worked out pretty damn well for the Bengals. Um, injury history now is is kind of adding up for Carl Lawson. Twenty seven. He has a fifteen point three number this year, uh, but again, they could save a significant amount of that if they let him go. So they wouldn't be surprised if they would. Overall, though, weak edge class free agency wise, John. Um, Marcus Davenport, top of the list, is the twenty first ranked player. So. Yeah. Not uh, not particularly strong there. I wouldn't be interested in Davenport. Although they, they only give him a one-year 12 million projection. I kind of find that strange. He's only 26. Like Some teams would, like to give him a four, three or four-year deal. I'd, I'd, I'd consider a one-year for him if that price. <laughs> yeah, if it's one-year 12 million, I would too. The issue, they say, is that he's yet to log 600 snaps in a season. So that gives teams a lot of... Uh, a lot of hesitancy. We already talked about the second-ranked edge, Jadevian Clowney. We're just going to scroll on by that one. Uh, Charles Aminahue, I'd be go. interested. 25-and-a-half yep. uh, with San Francisco last year. These next two guys who have both stopped with San Francisco. Two yep. years, $17.5 million total, 8.75 a year for Aminahue. 6'5", 280, big edge type that Schwartz certainly liked uh, his defense there in Tennessee. They like these big edge guys, man. I'm upset. Six pressure percentage. Strong. When I um, first of all, I loved this guy uh, coming out of college uh, for DT uh, DE. You know that kind of big guy that they seem to really like. Mm-hmm. I really liked him then, and then um, uh, I actually wrote something up when I was still, you know, last time I was able to write, which was before my second. <laughs> the yeah. um, I had written something up on on a Menahue, but I didn't think that the Texans would trade him. I didn't see any reason why they would do that. Um, but I had him as a target. And then all of a sudden he gets traded for nothing. I was pissed that the Browns didn't make that move and go grab him for nothing. Um, so yes, I'm really, really, I think he's a really good fit for at least the guys that they liked under the previous coordinator. Um, maybe it'll be a little different, but just like you said, like these next two guys, Menahue and the next one are my two top guys. Yeah. 32 pressures each his first two years in Houston gets traded to San Francisco mid-year, another 33 pressure year, um, and then puts up 62 pressures in 2022, seven sacks, 12 hits, 43 hurries, a really, really effective pass rusher, 25 and a half. Uh, be very interested, especially at the relatively affordable price rate we're talking about here, which is two years, 17.5, 8.75. This is, these are the types we talked about the interior guys. These like two, three year, eight, seven, five to eight, right? Like nine, nine topping out at nine. Like give me three or four of these guys like Arden key, man. Freaking loved Arden key last off season was so upset. The Browns weren't interested in him. He goes, he goes out and has a 14.6 pressure percentage over the past two seasons, 17th among all edge defenders. Still, only 26, about to just turn 27. Go sign those two. Rotate these oh. SOBs. And oh, like, yeah. You got something, man. You really do. I don't know if he gets out of Jacksonville because obviously the Jacksonville season was fun and all that, but if the Browns and are they- willing to pay him, like, man, go get him. Yeah, agreed. 
Uh, other names on this list we'll go through quickly. Samsung Ebicum, um, he is three years. This is all these guys from San Francisco are hitting the market. Um, he signed a two-year, $12 million deal with the 49ers two years ago. He made the most of it, career high in pressures in 34 and 21, and then 43 last year, 11.8 pressure percentage rate. Um, rotational guy, but can add, you know, he can, he's been over 600 snaps, ironically, 681 snaps in, in 21 and 681 and 22. So consistent. Um, Okoronkwo, um, uh, a Houston uh, Texan, two years, 11 million is his projections, had really two strong seasons. He had 88.5 pass rush grade since week seven last year, sixth best among all edge defenders, 22.9% pass rush win rate, ranked seventh. 17.5 pressure percentage ranked eighth among edge defenders. You can get this guy for two years, 11 million. Like what's going on that here, seems, man? Like that seems nuts. I, I don't understand them. <laughs> PFF is really, really strange. I know, like, but they're really good at him. Yeah, they are good at him. And Yannick Ngakwe, who like has been on the decline. They're saying he's two years, 12 million per two years, 25 million. I like, pass. okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pass on that immediately. Brandon Graham, Again, a veteran at 35, but he's still productive. He's 22.9 pass rush win rate. Six no way let him go. No way. No way. Well, not for one year, 4.5. Like, why would he, A, want to leave there, and how would they let him? Melvin Ingram's a fun one. Uh, older vet is going to be at 34 this year. The next two guys are going to play at 34. Can each be had for one year, 4 million? Justin Houston and Melvin Ingram. Putting up a ton of pressures. And yes. still playing great football. Like sign one of these guys if you want. If you want to go even cheaper, like to me the Browns have they they seem to have really favored giving young guys opportunity. And to me is like you look at these edge defenders that are available, and even like the last two, Rasheem Green, two years, five million per. Like in Lorenzo Carter, those those are guys that like I'd be really into taking chances on some of these guys, man, and like raising the basement with veterans, especially those mid tier guys, man. Like where if you can walk away with a minute and, and like Arden key and spend a total of your cap of like 19, 18 million for like, that's a, that's such a home run. Like they're going to immediately lift everything about your defensive line, you know, because they have inside flexibility too. And you don't and have not to just go get those expensive line. types. It's lifting everybody on the the second and third levels of the defense. So if you can spend 20 million bucks and just stack your, your, your line, get a real rotation of veterans, um, you know, and, and you're not just improving your defensive line, you're improving every level of the defense and your defensive as a whole. So uh, yeah, to me, like this is a no, I expect to see um, a, you know, a, um, a kind of, wholesale approach to how they deal with the defensive line. I'd be surprised if they don't bring like three guys in maybe four. Um, and like they did with the linebackers years ago, like they did with the secondary years ago. That's how I think this free agent is going to be. And there's not going to be anybody that's uh, huge dollars, but I do expect them to aggressively fix this position under Schwartz. Um, and you can see a path, like you could see a path yeah, to three right. or four guys for right. under 20 million or like, you exactly. know, 25 or below that. you Yeah, exactly. That you can get for good deals. Like even guys that aren't on that list 
of, of top one hundreds, even at that position, like Cleveland Farrell, if you want to rebuild like a re retool project, still just going to turn 26. They've been into him uh, at various points because of the athleticism, Carlos Dunlap, another guy who's in that Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram, a range of veterans that can still give you good rotational snaps, Solomon Thomas, right? Yep. Uh, Trey Flowers. Some of these guys down here, Demarcus Walker from Tennessee, who was really a nice big edge early down player for them, can be had for cheap. And and that's not even mentioning like, you know, DeForest Buckner could be a, a trade candidate in Houston or in, in Indy. And if that guy's available, like, man, if you really uh, want to get a dude, like if you <laughs> want to get a dude – that's an interesting one, man. Yeah, don't talk to me about Hargrave. Um, where, you know, you know, if you want to take a big swing, that's that's who is going to perk my ears up. If you want to really spend some cash, some assets, um, that's basically the only name I want to hear. To be that that honest. dude would be an absolute home wrecker next to Miles Garrett. And, like, oh my god! I mean, I mean you Sick. want to talk about like you always you always go through. The Pittsburgh situation, right? You know, with Watt and uh, obviously, um, you know what he's able to play with on that on that defensive line. Uh, yeah, okay, where, like, that would be the final sure. unlock. Yeah, I mean, imagine yes. Watt's playing on that defensive line with Hargrave and Watt, or uh, with Hargrave and uh, you know Hayward forever. Like that's ridiculous. That's that's what you want. You want to unleash defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. That's how you unlock it. So, I don't know. This is a primer, John. We've laid out a ton of names. But I think you can see the path where we get swept up and, hey, man, go get the big name. Go get, you know, Draymond Jones. Go get paint. But it's like, man, the bargain plan. And I don't even like calling it bargain. I just think it's the value plan of -hmm. guys who can still really can make you. uh, I guess why, why I'm so optimistic about this season, John, is like the path seems so simple to make what was their worst part very very competent it doesn't seem that hard here the defensive coordinator change i think is going to be huge and you can really take this defensive line from a group of we're going to try to see if these young guys can do it give them every chance to get reps to okay we need to get some veterans in here that are really really playable slash have great contract value to be productive for us so like that's why i remain looking at this, like the, the path to turning it around and becoming a playoff team is so simple because what they need between free agency here, what we're talking about most importantly is this defensive line and the draft defensive line. It's right there, man. It's really there to, if they don't come out of this so much better, it'll be, it'll be a massive disappointment because I think the the pieces are right. Like right where we're talking about are right there to be had. Yeah. I'll lose uh, an awful lot of faith in a B if uh, just looking at how this lays out, like you just said, I'll lose an awful lot of faith in a B if he does not come out of this small, like a rose, because everything is there. Just like you said, draft and free agency with the budget, everything lines up to uh, shoring up the biggest, you know, issues that we have personnel wise um, for players. Indeed. Indeed, man. They got to figure it out. It looks like I'm seeing here that they just hired Bubba Ventrone, um, which is a good special teams hire. So was what we thought was going to happen. That's why they moved on from pre late. And um, yeah, it works out, man. Um, you know, I don't think special teams coaches move the needle all too much in terms of win loss, but it's nice to have a good one. And it seems like this is a pretty good one. So 
we'll close with that. Any other thoughts on Bubba? I know you didn't get a chance to chime in on these guys, so feel free to to talk about that if you want, John. No, I don't have too much to say uh, on special teams, guys. Um, he has the bona fides. Um, looks like a very nice um, addition, and we'll see whether or not that uh, pans out because – you know, Prefer had uh, issues to begin with, uh, but was supposed to be an A plus guy. It didn't pan out, so I will uh, I'll wait to see the ink dry on that one. But uh, you know, on paper, looks like a slam dunk. So um, good job on them for getting a guy that's highly regarded. Love it. Good stuff, John. Great pod, man. Guys, a lot of names uh, in this primer for very important two positions to get better. And you can really see, and I hope we painted that for you, how simple it is to get better. There's a lot of options here. It's not like they got to sign one or two guys here, and if they whiff on them, there's no plan. There's a lot of names to figure this out and picks uh, which should meet the sweet spot for also grabbing some talented young guys here too. So pretty excited about this element turning around, John. So should should be should be within grasp. But otherwise, a fun pod. Uh, appreciate uh, you being here, man. And always, like I said, uh, appreciate uh, your insights and, and everything you you add to the show, dude. Anytime. No, this is a good one. You'll have to warn people on the, when you let it go um, that the first 20 minutes is uh, family TV and shows, but there's a lot of guys <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that, that dig that part. Okay. So uh, I, had I, I know Simmons calls it like dad corner. Maybe we should call something <laughs> like that. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Dad corner for the first 20 minutes. But, but again, uh, if you stuck around this long and you're still listening, I do hope you got something out of names that are available. Probably many names. If you care enough about being 50 minutes into this pod names, you probably heard, but again, it's just kind of, it's, it's fun to me to look at what's very, very attainable. And um, it's right there within, within grasp. So we'll have more of it covering more of it over the next two months. And hopefully we have some, some fun things to write up. We appreciate being here for John, for me, Everybody at the OBR, continue to read uh, all of our stuff. Appreciate that all the time. And thanks for stopping by and listening to these podcasts. means everything to me. You guys have a great Thursday. Appreciate you stopping by. Be well and go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.